With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Father calls a son. He does not leave him full of the world, of his own desires and instincts of the flesh. The father calls his son to his side, and then angels are dispatched to bring him his son. These angels know the condition the son must be in to present himself before the father. He cannot come full of himself with all of his worldly desires, his ego, lest he feel the pain of his sin and flee before even hearing his father's voice like Adam hiding from his shame. Like fine gold is refined by fire, the son is confronted by the devil face to face, just as Job faced Satan at the will of God. As Christ was tempted for 40 days prior to returning to start his ministry, Christ faced the evil one who brought the heat of the furnace to purify his heart, soul, and his mind of this world. Every calling in the Word of God for the Son of Man is the same, but manifests in different ways, but always has the same outcome. The Son of Man is finally purified, refined like fine gold, knowing his own sin and grasping the law of God so deeply that he can finally confess his unworthy stature and repent fully, completely, with a fully humble and contrite heart. Then and only then can the Son approach the throne of His Father. And even so, He still crawls. The fact that you are here listening to this show demonstrates that you are heeding the call. For many are called, and few are chosen. Those that are chosen have to actually respond to that call. Hello, welcome to the show. This is Derek Bros. I hope everybody can hear me. Just a little bit of a sound check here. Give me a shout out on the chat if you can hear me. And uh, look forward to the show. I've got lots of things that uh, uh, lots of things to talk about, but pr- I primarily want to make this show um, primarily want to make this show about uh, about your questions. So I've heard from uh, I've heard from many of you and uh, and I've heard that uh, that you would rather hear the questions than uh, than uh, some of the some of the other discussions that we're having. So I've encouraged uh, others that are calling in to make sure that they have questions rather than um, telling me how much they appreciate the show or or what have you. Because not that uh, you know that not that I don't appreciate the sentiment. Um, I certainly do, but obviously all of the 
uh, all of the credit goes to the father and I'm just doing what I'm asked to do. So um, I would really like to just try to focus on the uh, on the questions and answer your questions because there's so many people out there that need um, need guidance. And, um, and I think that that's going to be the most important thing, particularly with some of the things that are coming up. Uh, right now, we've got a lot of concerned people, and obviously, uh, if uh, if you're paying attention to the news, which I encourage people not to, because it's an, it's really just designed to uh, distract you, and there isn't anything that you can do about any of the things that are taking place. Um, they are going to happen, just like Christ said. He said, you know, that you would uh, hear of wars and rumors of wars. Uh, let your heart not be troubled. And um, let your heart not be troubled that it was uh, that all of these things must come to pass. So that has to happen. So I wanted to um, uh, cover some areas of uh, questions now, uh, and I'm going to go to I'm going to start off right away with questions today, and I'm going to go to Natalie, who is in Arizona. Natalie, are you there? Can you hear me? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear I me? I can hear you perfectly. I all hear right. you. Wonderful. Great. So you had you had so, questions about yeah you had questions about the second coming and the rapture correct correct I have other ones as well but I had asked what does okay. the second coming mean okay well the the second coming is primarily what we're experiencing right now um, as well as the rapture so the uh, although the second coming is going to be a culmination of of things that are uh, that I'll get into but first let me address the rapture. First of all, the, the rapture, the word rapture isn't anywhere in Scripture, so I don't even like using the word. Um, okay. it, when it speaks of being caught up, uh, mm-hmm. the being caught up is essentially when there's two in a field. And, and many people are already experiencing this exact sensation right now, that, that um, you feel separated from everything, separated from your family, even without even watching. The, you know, people have, have commented by the, by the hundreds and hundreds uh, that – all of a sudden, they're awakened to to this new truth, and they don't even know what they're they don't even understand what they're hearing or what they're feeling, and that's why they've gravitated towards the videos is that they hear the things that they're feeling, and I'm saying them, and they are completely separated, and they've become different, new. They are this new this new truth to them has taken them away. And that's this awakening that has taken place, that this separation that has taken place between individual members of families where you just can't get past the truths and the things that you know because it is so established in you that it's, it's part of your fiber. It's part of your DNA, that you're feeling it in every, everything you are. You can't avoid it. And so that separation where they don't even know you anymore and your family will tell you, I don't even know who you are. You're, you're an entirely different person. You're, you've gone. You've left. And that was palpable in the days of, of the writings of the scriptures. And that's precisely what they're saying. There's be two people and one was just taken. And so everything, first of all, it's really important to understand that almost everything in the scriptures is speaking about a spiritual experience. Everything. Even the things that, that are going to be coming upon the world, that they, uh, the, the calamities and how they react to your spirit. Everybody is feeling right now that the world is preparing for a war, the likes they've never seen before. And so with that, with that rising of evil, also comes the rising of the consciousness where um, if I don't know if anybody's ever seen the movie Lucy, but there is a um, there's a wonderful place in there where it's talking about that when 
conditions become unfavorable for everything, all of life, when it becomes unfavorable, that the that the cell itself at the beginning, you know, we we all derive from cells. That the cells will choose immortality. When when conditions are favorable, we'll choose to procreate. We will recreate. We'll say, okay, we're going to stick around. We're going to stay here. But the but the minute that conditions become unfavorable, we alter in our consciousness. And those of us that are awake to it, when when conditions are unfavorable, and that's why the good news was for the poor, for the poor and not the rich, because this news isn't good news for the rich. That's why the, the good news wasn't preached to the rich because they're so caught up in the world. They're completely fine. They think that they think everything's great. They still have money in there and, and they're pursuing their interests in this world, not recognizing that their interests in this world are about to become null and void. All of them, because the, the pre-planned, essentially the predestination of the things that are going to take place is already written. That's why the prophets could even write about it. So the, the rapture is, um, is taking place, and that's why it says, like a thief in the night. A thief in the night means that, um, that the thief comes and takes everything that is valuable, takes everything that is valuable and leaves, and you don't even know that it's gone until the next morning when you've woken up. So, so those, those that don't know the thief is around are those that are sleeping, which is what we're experiencing right now. You can have people that they look up in the sky and they don't see anything wrong with the sky. They just think, you know, yes, it's cloudy. But they don't recognize. I don't want to tell a story about that uh, in just a minute. But uh, about the clouds, a uh, in fact, I'll just tell you right now. A a lady, she uh, she's a beautiful old lady, and she had been painting for almost a hundred years. She was a hundred years old. She had been painting clouds since she was ten years old. And she asked me. She said, she goes, Derek, what is wrong with the clouds? And I said, why? And this was about five years ago. And she goes, I've been painting clouds since I was a little girl, and she's pretty well known for painting cloud scenes. And she said, and she points up the clouds, and she goes, those aren't clouds. And to me, she's the expert. When, when she has focused on, on the sky, she knows more than anyone. So it was, um, it was an alarming thing for me to hear, and that was actually the very first time that, that I had pay, started to pay attention to it. She was the, that prodding, and to me that was – you know, that was almost an, uh, an angelic intervention to help me look up into the sky and recognize what was going on. So, um, and we're, uh, I'm not sure whether our connection is bad, but we've lost a couple callers that have dropped off. Dropped off. Just uh, please call back in if you're, if you're having trouble, and we'll, we'll try to get to your call right away. Um, as far as the second coming, this, the rapture and the second coming are both inter, uh, interrelated according to scriptures, is that... Um, the Christ in you, your consciousness, the Christ consciousness, essentially precisely everything that Christ was speaking about, everything that you, Yeshua spoke of was about obtaining that consciousness state, forgetting about the world, all of the things that distract your mind, every single component of this world that is worthless, needless, meaningless, that you would begin to see Christ in you, that you would be able to hear the voice of the Father and react to that, and that that would separate you. That's what, you know, sanctify. Um, sanctify is it's a separation, that you become separated from the world, and that you begin to see things new, and you begin to see all of these truths. And so as the energies uh, continue to culminate, which they are, and you can feel them, today is an, uh, is an awful day of energy right now, and I'm sure that everybody is experiencing that. But as these energies begin to culminate, your consciousness, if you're 
if you're awakened to this, this is why I say it just you have to be patient. This is why where the term patient endurance comes from. You have to endure because your consciousness will continue to open. It will continue to get more powerful. Now, that means that you will begin to hear the things that I hear. We will all become one accord. We will begin to know what we are all saying combined. And so we, have, we, we begin to have a collective consciousness because that's truly what's happened to the world. The separation is there's a collective consciousness in this world right now of evil and wars, and that's their goal is to collectively bring the consciousness of the world together. That's precisely what 9-11 was designed to do. 9-11 was a, was a collection of consciousness states. And so that collected everybody's consciousness state. That was the most watched event in the history of PD. So that's what, that, that's what the second coming is. And that in and of itself is going to destroy because that consciousness is so much more powerful than the evil. That, that consciousness being one of love, one of forgiveness, that you are forcing. We, we will literally force this world back into compliance and then this world it will get shattered the evil the evil matrix that is essentially wrapped around us gets shattered by that collective consciousness which is that return of christ that's precisely why he described it as and he said don't believe it if they say i'm returning so he said if they say that i've returned then i'm up in the the wilderness don't go i'm not there for the return of the Son of Man is like lightning striking in the east and also flashing in the west. So it's wide. It's very big. It's from coast to coast. It's far and wide as you can see. It's not an individual man. It's many. All right. Did you have another question? I do. Um, you had mentioned reincarnation in one of your um, videos, and you said something about stay away from the light. Could you please elaborate on that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, if you read the ancient, uh, the ancient scriptures, that um, as I've described, that our understanding of things has been distorted. So in, um, when we think of light, we think, think of light as being white. But that just isn't the case. The, the universe is filled with light, but yet you don't see it until it's reflecting off of something. When you see it re- reflecting off an asteroid, it looks like a star. Some of the stars far away are obviously suns and, and do have their own light. But... Um, for instance, the moon, if the moon wasn't reflecting the sun's light, you wouldn't see it. It wouldn't be there. It would just be dark like the rest of the, dark like the, rest of the sky. But that doesn't mean, if you, look at the, if you look at the universe, you look at the sky, it doesn't mean that there's not light because obviously the, the sun is shining throughout the entire universe. But you can't see that light. You don't see that light until it is reflected off of something. So this is why um, there's multiple references of, of Lucifer. You know, they, they say that he's the light bearer, right? So he brings the light. So he is the reflection. So speaking of that reincarnation component, and this is why so many people would, would say that, um, that I speak of Luciferian doctrines, because Luciferianism um, is, is a worship of Lucifer knowing that he is the god of this earth. But you have to understand that the doctrine of Luciferianism and that belief system is very accurate, and if that's fully articulated within Scripture as well. So I'm not saying go be a Luciferian, because otherwise you're going to serve him, you're going to be part of this, part of this world and his servant forever, and this place is it's a very good place. So, um, so you are essentially doomed to repeat this, and this is why where anybody that would tell you that reincarnation doesn't exist, you can immediately defeat that um, within Scripture with just Christ saying, if you 
talking about John the Baptist. If you can wrap your mind around it, he said, if you can wrap the mind, right, your mind around it, John is Elijah. And then uh, Yeshua himself was transfigured on the mountain into Moses and Elijah. So this is obtaining, obtaining the spirits of these people. And that's because these spirits are still with us. So there are people right now that are waking up. Um, and as their consciousness wakes up, they're starting to understand that they have information. They have knowledge of, of these past lives. That's what this collective consciousness is. So imagine you could have been here 100 times before, 200 times before, 300 times. All of the knowledge that you have throughout that entire existence is coming awake. So you know what this world is. You know where it came from. And this is precisely why Yeshua could say, I was before the foundation of the world, that he's been here over and over and over. And that's where the Son of Man continues to appear in all of these prophets, and every single one of them are referred to as the Son of Man. So there is, um, obviously, if, if I were to be awakened to every life that I've had within this, within this existence, it would be pretty overwhelming. So you're granted that as you can handle it. And, um, and you can recognize many people will have an affinity for certain things, and they don't understand where that came from, and they'll have specific knowledge, and they don't, can't quite grasp where that came from. Now, Luciferianism explains this to you, and as I've said, if you want to know how the Luciferians think and what their doctrine is, because it's important to understand, it's kind, of, it's kind of like if you want to know the enemy of the world, and you agree that there's an enemy of this world, and you understand and believe that, well, then you need to go see what, their, what the doctrine of the enemy of the world is how they live, and how that doctrine has been incorporated or misinterpreted as inserted within the scriptures. So there's a gentleman by the name of Hans Willem, um, Wilhelm. I'll just kind of phonetically pronounce that, Hans Wilhelm. And uh, you can uh, watch his video on Luciferian and, uh, Luciferianism on YouTube, and that will give you a pretty good idea. And the dying of this, dying to this world is essentially the removal or the um, uh, the the balancing, getting rid of bad karma, so to speak. Everybody has, every religion has a different term for these. So one is, you know, forgiveness of sins. One is, um, you know, get uh, uh, a balancing of your karma. There's different different ways to say the same thing. We've drawn we we're the ones that have drawn the lines of division to say they're wrong and I'm right. But all of that is nonsense. So it's uh, it's important to to seek out those other things. Don't be don't be scared of them. Understand what the enemy is. Understand who he is and, and, what, and what they're practicing because the enemy is far more palpable and far more believable than anything because you witness his works every single day. So when you watch the Luciferianism and you look at the doctrine, all of a sudden it becomes very evident as to who they are. Hope that helped. Yep, that was great. <laughs> Um, do you have any more questions? I, ask, <laughs> I do. I have so many questions, but um, well, uh, now, your, your questions are good, and they're they're what everybody else wants to hear as well. So, um, as far as divination and talking to the dead or ghosts go, the spirit realm, what is your take on that whole thing? Uh, that's probably a um, a risky thing to think about. Now. The, no question there is a um there is a another dimension that we are now becoming far more familiar with uh during during Christ's days so Yeshua was going around obviously um people were um they had 
demonic possession or they had demons within them. Um, understand that we all do. And that is why I can say that there's two of you. There's one that's divine and there's one that's not. And, But some of us can have a multiple. Obviously, Mary had seven demons removed, which is representative of her seven chakras, that each chakra could actually be occupied by a separate spirit. There are those dimensions. I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest that you, um, that, that you mess around in that area or try to talk to the dead because obviously uh, you could be manipulated. If you're not in a solid, uh, solid uh, state of spirit and you're not strong, then there's no question that you can't be overcome by what they'll tell you because they'll, they'll speak to you and they'll tell you things that, um, that, that are personal to you. And so you might see them as being divine, but yet they'll, they'll manipulate you. And this is why uh, many people, um, if they're going to do that, they'll wait and they'll work with a shaman. Uh, they'll uh, get with a monk and to do that because they know how to protect themselves. And it's definitely a realm that you just don't want to mess with. Um, but for the most part, you can, uh, you can use the spirit. You can use uh, the spirit of Christ. You can, um, seek guidance through that. And that's essentially your greatest filter. So that's what I would suggest is just to always know that, you know, when you're, when you're praying to the father, that it's not like the father, the father doesn't have to communicate with, doesn't have the ability to communicate with those that, uh, that he works with. So, um, and as we, as we continue to experience a, a greater enlightenment of the people, these things are going to be far more, far more pertinent to you and relevant uh, because the conversations that people are going to have, you're going to be able to have conversations that are far more, um, far more, uh, I would call real, so to speak, not so much in the spirit, but face to face where you're going to be having these conversations. The, as scripture speaks of that, the spirit will descend upon, uh, descend upon man. You'll, you'll hear this far more clearly. That's why I just keep emphasizing that patient endurance that just because you're not fully awakened to these things yet, just yet, doesn't mean you're not going to. In fact, because you're awakened to these things, all but proves that you will be. They will come to you. But you can only, the Father's only going to give these things to you as you can accept them. So he's, he's incredibly protective. He knows far more about you than you know about yourself. And so he's very protective. He's not going to give you more than you can handle. And so if you're not dead to yourself, then giving you something can actually be detrimental to you. So um, the, the more you separate yourself from this world, the more powerful those conversations can become and the better discernment that you have because you, you've started to study and you start to fully grasp and understand the spiritual aspects of the Father. And so you can determine what is good and what is bad. And then once you have that strength, then, then, um, then you'll, you won't be so worried about the, the spirits that, have, um, that don't have your best interest in mind. All right. Um, could you explain more about the female gospel, uh, uh, the female? And I had read something in the Gospel of Thomas about Mary becoming like a man, which was kind of weird to me. I was like, is this a weird <laughs> translation of the book of Thomas, or is this a deception, or what is no. this scripture? No. And, and, and again, all of these things, you have to, um, knowing knowing a, a portion of one portion of the scriptures sometimes can be confusing. And that's why you go and you seek out other portions of the scriptures. That's why it says precept upon precept, a little bit here, a little bit there. 
So um, as you may or may not have heard in one of the videos, I was speaking about the separation of female from male. Uh, you'll read in the Gospel of Philip, it speaks about essentially androgyny. At the beginning, we were male and female. That's why in Genesis it says um, that man was created male and female. He made him, he made them. This is before the, the crea creation of Eve. So you were made, we all were made male and female at one time, a single being that was fully spiritual. We had the female component of us. We had the male component. So those two elements, we live in a binary system. Um, hot, hot and cold are two sides of a single element, positive and negative, two sides of a single element, not two separate elements, but two sides of it. And so the same thing is with man and woman, male and female are two sides of the same element. Male and female are man. But see, we've been now separated into two separate beings. So there you have the brokenness. That's why, spoken in the Gospel of Philip, it speaks of that when Eve returns into Adam, that death ceases to be. And so it would, it would, um, also, um, it would also account to, to say that if Eve takes on the male side, she maintains her female element and takes on the male element, she becomes complete. So in the same way that if Eve returns to Adam, he becomes complete. So that's why we're always looking for our blue flame or our soulmate, and that's become part of our problem. And also, because we are separate and we are not one, that's where that marriage has to take place. And so for, for man itself, we're also missing... The three in one is essentially just that. It's the female, the male, and the spirit of God, right? So that's the, that's the Holy Trinity. That's what makes us complete. That's what allows us to be with the Father is, is reconnecting ourselves. And so that doesn't mean that, the, that a man is going to start acting like a, like a woman. And that doesn't mean that you're going to start acting like a man. It's, it's about how your mind resonates with everything, is that you have all of the different components. I mean, we've got people have made entire careers and made, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars off of, you know, um, men being from Mars and women being from Venus, right? There is a massive separation there, and clearly there's something broken. And this, this reuniting of the spirit is the marriage. That's the marriage of the bride and the bridegroom. So as this consciousness opens, we will be reuniting with those, with those of, of the opposite sex. And that's also the battle. That's the war that's spoken of, Leviathan and Behemoth, the Leviathan being the, the female component of the sea and the Behemoth being the male component of the land. So mixing the water with the land, becoming mud again, essentially, becoming the original creation that we were. And so that is, um, that's where that speaks of that, that, that she would become a man. That's just that she would um, be united again. Once you have that complete spiritual awakening, that you become united with that that portion of yourself. Okay. Um, what should we be doing to prepare for the calamities that you spoke of, including the Nibiru and the wormwood that's spoken of in Scripture? Yeah. Well, worm, wormwood is most likely what we're uh, what you can look for right now is. Um, We've got some things that are, are that are obviously quite a concern, and the evidence that this has happened before is all over the place. You've got the Gulf of Mexico, which is just one big crater, uh, and so we are no question about it. I'm looking at an impact of some sort. There is video out there right now showing an asteroid that is orbiting the Earth, being covered up very much by all of this chemtrailing. And if anyone doubts the chemtrailing, they say, "Oh, it's just." Uh, 
it's just a contrails, a condensation trail from planes. Just look up the the FAA, the Federal uh, Aviation uh, Administration webcams up in Alaska, and Alaska probably has more chemtrailing than anywhere. And there's no flights over Alaska. There's a few that come into Anchorage, and that's about it. They don't have a massive, you know, bunch of a tra- uh, air traffic going over top there. So they're chemtrailing because the visibility of these planets up there in that location is is uh, very uh, it's amazing. You can see them. I mean, you can see them with your naked eye, even with the chemtrailing. It obviously hides them quite a bit, and they've got a lot of technology to uh, to do just that, is to hide all of these things from you. But so what we have right now is we've got potentially the impact of wormwood, which would be the, the beginning of these birth pangs, so to speak. As far as preparing, again, um, you can prepare in being at a place I would just personally I wouldn't want to be anywhere near water uh, of uh, oceanic water I wouldn't want to be anywhere near any of the coasts for any uh, for any reason whatsoever um, so I would suggest if you could get to higher ground that's probably a good idea uh, but just as scripture speaks of that there won't be any hiding you won't be able to hide yourself that this that these things are, that are going to come upon us um, are going to be very, very difficult, but it does tell you to head for the mountains. And it speaks of, you know, um, that uh, if you're pregnant or if you're nursing, that these are going to be problems. So obviously being able to leave things behind. Uh, and these aren't very encouraging. This isn't very encouraging news, but um, but I would suggest to, you know, to definitely prepare for that. As far as food and, and food and water and all of these things, it, you you couldn't store up enough to to be able to withstand. It's going to be a whole new learning process. And so that's why I uh, continually emphasize that preparing for this from a physical standpoint really isn't going to make a difference. What is going to make a difference is that you have such incredible faith that you're founded in that you know these things are going to happen. And that's why I even mention them. So when they do happen, you're, you're aware. That should strengthen your faith, not weaken it, that you knew they were going to happen. And that as you read scripture, when they do happen, you know, Yeshua would mention often, I tell you these things so that you will believe that, that it strengthens your, your resolve in it, that you, that you know the things that you've heard now is true and you continue to strengthen it even in the worst times. That being, being separated from the world right now is the best preparation you can have. So when the world is gone and you don't have access to anything, then you're, then you're great. I mean, I wouldn't be on the Internet at all right now unless it was for me giving these messages. I wouldn't be anywhere near electronics. I wouldn't be, you know, because uh, I have no need. My only need right now is to get this message out. So I, I wouldn't, I don't, I don't care about the news. I don't watch the news. I could, I could care less about what's going on because I know that all of the things are going to come to pass. So somebody says, oh, well, there's, a, there's you know, going to be a war coming. We're going to war. Oh, great. Well, it just, that's a confirmation for Scripture. Right? So this is, just confirms the things that I already know. So I'm not, I don't pay attention to those. That, that when these things are taken away, that you will be solidified in your faith and that you'll be stronger as a result of it. And more importantly, um, finding a place where you can be with people that are of like mind that they're not going to be psychologically completely destroyed because I could tell you people that aren't awake to this and people that aren't paying attention to it's going to wipe them out. Their mind is just going to pop. They won't, they won't have the ability to have a smile on their face that we could have an asteroid strike the Gulf of Mexico right now. And, you know, I would still wake up tomorrow morning 
um, you know, praising the Father and, and singing and dancing. Because it, to me, uh, I mean, here it comes. It's great. Let's get this over with. It's time. And that's, that's where you need to get to. That's the spiritual component. That's the strength that you have to have. And so that's where you need to, to strive to uh, arrive to. And I'm going to be releasing a video after, um, in fact, it just finished rendering, so I'll upload it. And I speak of um, uh, some things about uh, where to obtain some of the spiritual teachings. And I, and I encourage you to watch the video because it's, um, although I'm encouraging you, to, uh, encouraging you to read from the books that Paul wrote, I have a real issue with Paul. So um, you have to be able to discern which truths he's speaking of because he has some amazing information that he, he obtained when killing all of the Christians. That's what he did. So he obtained many of these spiritual teachings, which are incredibly for, uh, important for you to know. And so you'll find those, including where he mentions, which is why I have the website um, as Crucified in Christ. For I'm crucified in Christ. It's no longer I that lives, but it is Christ that lives within me. That you become that. That you accept that. And that's who you are. That is literally who you are. You are the son. You are the daughter. You are Christ. That's the office that you need to obtain. To survive all of this, you need to you need to obtain that. All right, and then um, as far as the uh, thousand year millennial reign, and I remember reading something in the Bible about receiving glorified bodies, and that they would be the ones that stay for the whole thousand year reign. Is that true, or are we misunderstanding yes. that? No, you're not. You're not misunderstanding it at all. Uh, okay. It, it all, all of these things are connected. So everything that, that you're, uh, every single question that you're a- asking me points to the same event. The rapture, it's a spiritual awakening bringing in the Christ in you. Uh, the return is the spiritual awakening returning the Christ in you. And the glorified bodies, because your mind controls your physical body. It animates your flesh. And we have become so duped by everything in the world, that we get sick. I mean, putting our food away, worried about that our food's going to be rotten or anything. We, we control this body. One cell of your brain and one map of the DNA, one little tiny fragment of the DNA map built your whole body. That one cell began formulating all of your body. And that's the spirit that is put into you that then animates that mind and then builds you. That's the creation part. And so you will even find as you, as you begin to excel in the office of Christ, when you begin to, to obtain that, your physical body, you'll start to not feel sick. You'll start to, to not, um, not break down. I, I know people that, have, that were uh, morbidly obese, and they excelled in, in, in Christ, and they just started changing. They didn't try to diet. They didn't change. Their vision got better. Things changed. Because they took control over their physical body. So imagine that right now, here we are using 10% of our brain or less, and that the consciousness climbs to such a degree that you are using 15 to 20% of your brain. That you actually now are so broken off from this matrix that you control this physical body, that, that, and potentially even more of, of your brain, that you will control this physical body. And then there is, a, um, there is a, uh, a stage where this entire planet itself will change because right now it's so cloaked in 
um, we make up everything. Our consciousness, our collective consciousness makes everything that you see. Everything that you see is because we collectively believe the way it is. And so that, this becomes this, this illusion, this matrix. So we are programmed to establish the world that we live in. Now, this, this isn't something new. This isn't just because there's a movie Matrix or anything. This is literally in Scripture going back 50,000 years. Anything, any ancient Scripture that we can find contains this. So this message is always carved in stone and always put in places where you can find it because it's clearly an important message to get through. And that this, um, that this repeat of the same situation from the enemy of this world continues to happen. He plays the same games, does the exact same thing. He plays by the exact same playbook. So that, um, that you will be able to glorify this body, and so you'll get that option. You're going to have that option to be here, be here or be elsewhere. You'll have the option to leave this place because you'll be that powerful. You don't want to stick around. You won't. And then remember, as I said, that age then opens back up again, and that's why Satan is cast down, right? So he's completely wiped out. And then it says that that um, he has to be let back out for a little while. So anybody that thinks Satan's going to be in hell forever, they've, they haven't read the scriptures because he's let back out again. And that is a widening of the conscious state. If you haven't seen the video where I described the fish and the, uh, the frequencies of the universe, you'll understand precisely what that is. And I think that if you watch the, the video on Luciferianism from, uh, from Hans Willem, you're, you're going to get a lot of this. Right. So basically with the fish concept and the DNA strand, so this whole thing will just keep repeating and repeating and repeating and never, ever end with now, like you a know, final... I, I, would, I wouldn't say that it, it never, never ends. I, I know that that sounds very, very discouraging, but um, I wouldn't say that it never ends. Um, from what I know... Uh, from what I've read, there is evidence that this does come to a final close, to a final end. And the way that I look at this is um, that understanding who the Father is, understanding just how much he loves us. And with that, that he says um, he doesn't want to see one perish, not one. So it's almost as if that he will continue to do this until every single one of his children have finally left and denied this world. But there's also evidence within the scriptures that says, um, particularly from the Luciferianism perspective, that, um, that, that there are some that decide that they will be here, that they're just going to continue this. They, they would rather just serve the enemy, and they'll always be powerful, and they'll always be oppressors here. And we're starting to see that in politics today, where you're finding that you know these politicians, there really isn't a good one. There's just not, because they, they end up serving the enemy, and... Think about how quickly that changes when you have somebody like JFK who, you know, said, I'm going to turn, I'm going to uh, expose these secret societies and spoke of that. His final speech was, was startling, right? And the very first, and, and think about the things that he was even speaking of, which is the things that I'm speaking of. There is nothing to fear but fear itself. I mean, that's not a Luciferian um, doctrine. So he was going against all of those systems, and obviously it didn't work out well for him. So um, that uh, just that fact alone shows you that our political leaders, um, through all of these secret societies and the Masons, obviously the Masons are the 
um, are the foundation of Luciferianism. You can ask them uh, who Lucifer is. Oh, and I didn't finish that question. I'm sorry about the light, um, going into the light. So being deceived by going to the light rather than into the darkness, that the darkness is where the light actually is rather than the reflection of the light. Lucifer being a reflector of the light of God, pretending to be the light when he really isn't. So there is scripture. If you've read in the, if you've gotten into some of the uh, Nagamati Codex, you'll read about that, where it says basically, you will be asked um, what to do and where you're going, and you're basically going to have a different statement to those that would attempt to stop you and send you back to this place. And that statement would be that you were coming, um, that you were returning from where you've came, and they'll ask you from where you came, and and it is uh, rest and motion. So there's very specific statements in there that shows you that that explains that you came from God, that you came from the actual Father. So I'd encourage you to to look for those because they're um, that that will answer a lot of your questions as well. And there's quite a bit more detail that you can read um, with regards to that within those scriptures. So where, where was that one? I'm sorry, the reference for that. Uh, that is in uh, that's in the Nagamati Codex, and so you'll find some of that in uh, the uh, Pistis Sophia. Also, when you're uh, looking up for uh, Pistis Sophia, also the um, uh, Tripartite Tractate. Tripartite you'll also find tractate. some of that <laughs> Tripartite Tractate. Yeah, and um, the Secret Gospel of John. You will also find references of that. So basically, when we die, we're going to have a conversation with someone. We'll be met by someone, an angelic host, possibly, or You'll something. be given the option. To... Yes. Okay. And then According you answer questions. To the scriptures. Okay. Yeah, you'll answer the question. Is you know, you're you're going to be duped essentially. That's why it's if you um. There, there's some startling revelations in it. I, I've enjoyed some of the videos that people have made on it. Um, that. They've they've received um, some of the same things that I have in reading some of the uh, um, some of the ancient texts. That essentially it's it's like a uh, the way it reads is hysterical. It's like you're being duped into accepting the light. And if you think about it in this world, every movie you've ever seen from you know all the way from you know Ghost is hey go into the light and and uh, oh I felt such peace and I went into the light and I came back and. Um, what I'd like to do is uh, I'm going to be probably uh, doing a video on it, so I don't want to cover too much of it because I've already um, I've already uh, uh, kind of received some things to as to when I, I don't like to do things out of order. I'm kind of told when I'm when I'm supposed to speak these things, but I'll be speaking about um, that death in this world being also uh, that your life, everybody's life is completed, that you. Um, you will live out the full years of your life. You will live to be 120 years old, even if you think that you died, that you only die within the, your, current, um, your current universe, that there are multiple parallel universes, which CERN and all science is now proving that there is, which is why you have the Mandela effect right now, that we are actually blowing through, so to speak. We are destroying levels of these parallel universes, which is why things are changing within the text of the Bible, precisely why David said, you know, write the, write the word of God on your heart, right? So you better know these things. Don't, don't think that you'll have a book to be able to, to reflect on. You won't. So learn these things, know them, write these things on your heart, write these things on, you know, God's name will be written on your head. 
So these these things you will already know that you should know them before these things take place. So literally within my Bible that I have in my home, the words on the pages are going to just change. Not that I got a new version of the Bible. Exactly. They already have. Yeah, because I I was trying to understand that whole wolf thing, and I was like, wait, I don't remember my Bible saying this when I bought it. So it freaked me out a little. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so then... let, let me explain let me expl- let me explain to you what just kind of what that is. Um let's say you're in a car accident and to you um you survived the accident. And the paramedics and everybody goes you shouldn't have survived that accident. Well, in the universe that you're in, you switch to a universe. You have now people within this universe that go, "Oh, you survived this accident." But in one universe you actually died. And there are people mourning you that that they're that that parallel universe, because what happens is, is that physics demands that there are infinite possibilities of every situation. You and I on the, on the phone right now having this conversation that I said, hello, right now. And in one parallel universe, I didn't say hello right now. I said goodbye, right? So just that might be the only thing that changes in the entire universe is that one thing, because you have infinite possibilities of the universe, um, a great description of it is, um, uh, I think uh, his name is a 13-year-old kid, Max. Uh, gosh dang it, I can't remember uh, his last name. Um, I can't remember his last name. I'll try to try to recall it. But he's, he gives an amazing description of parallel universes. And this is obviously this would be um, uh, quantum theory. But the reality is is that the, it's it's becoming no longer theory because they're proving this with CERN. Even the atheist, um, Stephen Hawking, when they started to fire up CERN, he said, don't fire that up. You could blow up the universe. Well, they very well might have. And every single time they do, they would blow it up. That we think of things because we are in this flesh body, that we think of things in in the flesh form. We don't think of them in a spiritual realm. or We don't think of them in, in a physics standpoint of things we can't comprehend. We can only see things that we know. You can't comprehend things that you don't know. It's like when, when, um, uh, when explorers would come to different parts of the world and run into indigenous people. They would pull up with these massive ships, and the people on the shore that they met, these indigenous people, couldn't see the ships because they couldn't even comprehend them. They had never seen them before, so they didn't see them. They weren't there. They had to be described, and they would draw pictures of them in the sand for them, and then they would be able to begin to manifest that they were actually there. Before that, they couldn't even see them. So that's kind of like, that's what, how powerful belief is, is, that if you believe something exists, well, then it could begin to manifest to you. We, we, have, we have undersold who we are to such a degree that we, we give our consciousness um, we give our consciousness a um, uh, we don't give it any kind of credit. And uh, my sister's noting me, and she says, Max Laughlin. Yes, Max Laughlin on YouTube. Look him up and uh, look at his um, uh, his uh, explanation of the Mandela effect, and he will tell you about uh, quantum uh, quantum theory. It's truly – he's just a great kid. He, he he makes it more entertaining than I will, so – I could I could give you the scenario, but he does a better job at it because he's more entertaining and and it's impressive that he's 13 years old. So you know that it comes from somewhere other than him. Right. Um, 
as far as extraterrestrials and the event goes, I've seen some YouTube videos on some of that stuff, and they're like, are they trying to say that the extraterrestrials are coming to get the people for for the father and what? I don't know. I'm confused on this whole thing that's going on there. I think um, that you're probably going to be, again, there's going to be so much deception coming that you won't know necessarily what to believe unless you're in the spirit and you follow that. That's why also I say that you can't prepare for the things that are coming unless you are fully grasping who the father is. Um, That uh, there is no question that there is um, there is other than us. We are most certainly the offspring of the angels, right? So we are um, we are what the definition in Genesis six would say is: so the sons of God so loved the daughters of man that they came in under them. The whole fallen aspect of the fallen angels that have come. When you read the ancient scriptures, when you get into the lost books of Inki, when you get into these tablets that are and written in ancient cuneiform, you're reading about gods, uh, gods and goddesses that were here that descended from Nibiru, that came from these other planets. So, yes, th- this is this is stuff that you cannot avoid. This is why they've done such an amazing job in in um, demonizing that. This is why the the church itself and the Luciferians of don't don't worry about that. There's no such thing as aliens. That's just not true. The difference is even the term alien and how they've shown them to you is to demonize who they may or may not be. But there's no question that, that there are other people. You would, it, takes, it takes a larger belief system to believe that nothing exists out there when you have literally hundreds of millions, billions and billions of universes just like ours that are out there. We can't necessarily reach them, see them, but it's, it's, it's amazing to think that people could believe that no other life form exists out there. That, that takes so much. That takes so much more belief um, than it does to believe that there is. But yet they'll go, "Oh, you've lost your mind." It's like, no, you've lost your mind to think that there's nothing out there. How could you right. possibly be so arrogant in yourself to think that there's nothing out there? That just always amazes me. And by the way, you say that you believe in the Bible, and it says these sons of God were. What do you think they come from? If the sons of God came down right now, what do you think they would look like? And wouldn't you think of them flying out of the sky in a celestial chariot as an alien? Of course you would. And that's exactly how they wrote about them. In fact, in fact, I'll give you a scenario where it says Moses, right? Moses spoke to God, and God appeared to him by day as as a pillar of uh, as a pillar of smoke, and by night as a pillar of fire. So to me, that sounds very much like if you've ever watched the space shuttle take off. You watch the space shuttle or a rocket take off at night, it looks like a pillar of fire. You don't see the smoke. And in the daytime, all you see is the hydrogen fuel, which is water. So you see massive amounts of steam, and you don't see the fire. So to me, that sounds like a rocket. Right. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful description, and you wouldn't be able to see that until we had rockets, right? So if you didn't know what it was, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. And so that's exactly how they would describe it, is if they had never seen it before. Hey, God came. Obviously, it was God to them, right? To Moses, who's walking on this mountain, starving to death, and hasn't seen anything except the pharaohs in Egypt. He didn't know of anything coming down out of the, out of the mountain. All of a sudden, something appears flying on a rocket and comes down to him. It must be God. <laughs> All righty. 
Sorry. How else would you how else would you describe it though, right? <laughs> exactly. I thought it was a beautiful description. He came by day as a pillar of smoke and by night as a pillar of fire. I was like, "Hey, that sounds like a rocket ship to me. I've seen the I've seen the SpaceX take off. I've seen the space shuttle it's both both nighttime. It's that's exactly what it looked like." Oh man. Okay, so for people who fall to the great deception, um do you believe that's just a precursor to them basically coming back to relive another lifetime? Because their soul is just going to keep getting recycled till they get it right, or till you know the infinite and whatever the father decides is the final cutoff. Well, great questions. First of all, I, that's why I'm keeping you on because I like your questions. Um, the, um, <laughs> I'm like, the I could do my own radio show with you. <laughs> you sure could. Hey, I'll set you up. Uh-huh. The uh, the great deception. Now, again, uh, I encourage everybody to, to not be single-minded right so we have we've become so finite in our thinking that you know you have all of christianity right now is waiting for the great deception to come not recognizing within the scriptures even with what yeshua was saying is that the great deception already began this is why the quote religious people of his time the jews he was saying hey your father is satan you worship satan he was doing the same thing that i'm doing today he was saying the exact same thing. And so the great deception had already begun. That that by the as you come to the to the close of the end of the age, everybody had bought all of all of the traditions of their fathers, which means teachings, the traditions of your fathers. We believe inherently. We grow up and our parents tell us that we're Christians, we're Christians. That's it. And we believe everything that they say, regardless of whether we know it. And that's why everybody thinks, no, I know for a fact I know Scripture, and they don't know anything about Scripture. They were just told by their parents, and so they believe it. If you know, if you were, uh, uh, it doesn't matter what your parents taught you, you're going to believe that. You trust them more than anyone else. So that's where Yeshua was talking about that deception already being here. Now, that doesn't mean that we're about to experience a very big deception, because I can tell you right now that, that – um, that Lucifer, Lucifer, the enemy of this world, is really, really good at what he does. And he wants to take as many as he possibly can with him because that's his character. That's the scorpion. The scorpion stings you. He does what he does. He lies and deceives. He's a murderer. He's going to murder lots. He's going to deceive lots. And he's going to continue to lie. So I would say that if you think about what's taking place in the world, you've seen every kind of, every kind of picture of what Jesus looks like. Right, I'm going to use Jesus for the sake of this argument now, not Yeshua. They've told you that Jesus is his name, and this is what he looks like. And uh, that's what you're going to see. The Antichrist will be just like that. That's what he's going to look like. And he's going to solve these problems, and he'll be powerful, and you know, he'll probably even drive a really nice car. <laughs> I'm just saying. Right? I, would, I, would, I would not discount what can happen, but he will... Do miracles. They will make that happen. And you might see a fake alien invasion to completely disrupt your belief system. You might see, see these things. They might bring these things uh, to fruition. But um, at the same time, they might have a alien invasion, which is essentially just themselves, but they might also have a um, – um, at that same time, I would not be surprised because the veil is, as we are experiencing right this minute, the veil is cracking more and more. 
and these things are going to become far more visible. I mean, we've got planets that are circling us right now that are that are. It's astonishing that that they're able to hide them as well as they are. But you can see them, and I'll provide a link. Um, I'll provide a link on the Facebook site for uh, uh, for the lady that is doing those up in Alaska. Those are probably the most compelling videos that you're going to see. And I've checked the webcams myself just to verify them myself that uh, the FAA webcams to make sure that she's not manufacturing them, although I've checked her out as well. No, that's actually there. You can see them. And I've also spoken to a few people that are up north and uh, trying to gather a little bit more, get a couple more confirmations. But people that live up there are confirming that they're seeing these things with their own eyes. So it's this isn't just a, a trick on YouTube. Um, but uh, I would not... I would not put it past a fake alien invasion, but at the same time, as I said, this veil is cracking. So you can expect that you're going to see um, the likes of the angels of the Father most definitely getting involved in this war that comes down, because that's what's spoken of in Scripture, that this war does get finished. And the consciousness, the collective consciousness of all of us together essentially become the body, um, and we become the body of Christ. And that is going to be... Um, that's going to be what breaks this uh, what breaks this entire system, and there isn't anything that we can do about that. You can you can be involved in it, or you can not be involved in it. It's not a, as though your appointment can't be replaced. So that's why you know somebody wants to be arrogant in their position. Um, like I say, hey, if I don't do my job, well, uh, you know, there's there's someone else the father has in line. I'm I'm certain of that. So I would never be so confident in yourself that you think that you can just do whatever. It's really important that you hold fast. And when Yeshua says hold fast to what you have, once you're awake to this, holding fast means to to hold fast to what you're hearing, what you're seeing, what you're doing. Don't fill yourself full of the world again, holding fast. So don't eat things from the world anymore. That's information. That's why I'm talking about the news or things that will distract you and, and take you from the Spirit. And that's where you even read in Scripture where, where John would refer to, I was in the spirit, and then he wrote this. And I was uh, here. I was on the great mountain. I was in the spirit. So to to even maintain that, you're you're always going to be just as scripture uh, describes until the veil is completely cracked and this has fully come upon us. You're always going to be standing with one foot on the sea and one foot on the sand. You're always going to be partially in the spirit and partially in this world. Learning to live in that place is a very very, um, very difficult thing to do. That's the most challenging thing, and that's why the gate is narrow, and that's why few find it. it this is not an easy – you know, I don't want to tell anybody it's easy. It's amazing to me that somebody thinks that they can walk up um, – they can walk up to the pulpit of a church and give this magical statement and say, you know, I accept Jesus into my heart, and all is good. If that were the case, the entire New Testament would be one paragraph. Jesus would have appeared. He would have said, hey, my name's Yeshua. Um, say these words, and I'll save you, and you're good. And that would have been the end of the book. It yeah, isn't that said, simple. Don't sin. Yeah, he, he said crucify your flesh and follow the commandments. Pick up and... your own cross, all of these things. Follow the command, all of these things. I mean, if and right now they believe, you know, once saved, always saved, and say this and you're all good. But at the same time, the same people that say once saved, always saved are very concerned, and they'll come and attack me on the videos and saying. You know, believers, don't believe him. You're being deceived. You know, you'll go to hell if you're being deceived. Why are you so worried about these people being deceived if you believe that once saved is always saved? They're good. They're, you have nothing to worry about. They're saved, right? Right. Clearly, clearly not the case. Yep. 
Um, as far as heaven goes and dwelling with the Father for eternity, is that something that is in the scriptures? Like I, people talk about near-death experiences and going to heaven and exploring heaven and hell and, and then coming back and they testify about these things. So if we were to go towards the darkness or whatever, and like what what do you think? that looks like in the afterlife if you're if you've completed and you've become one with the father here on earth and you've found your way back to him or do you think that that never happens you just keep coming back and coming back and coming back well if we keep coming back coming back uh, that that sounds more like torture to me so um right. which is why the, <laughs> which is why uh you know it's it's quite it's quite evident because the the weeping and gnashing of teeth that somebody they they all of a sudden want to relate that there's a different kind of hell but for the most part this world in these times becomes that weeping and gnashing of teeth when you look around and literally you got Mao Zedong 50 million killed you got 100 million indigenous people killed on this on this side you have abortions we're killing you know uh, about 25 million babies in a year in this country through abortions. It's become the birth control pill. There's murders all over the place. There's starvation all over the world. There is suffering at levels that is just mind-blowing, but most of us don't even pay attention to it. And these are just the things that you can bring up that you know about. If you traveled around, uh, traveled around the world like I have, the very first time I went to the Middle East, I went through Egypt, the, 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 uh, the poverty was at a level that I couldn't even comprehend. I could not wait to get out of the country. So um, we, don't, we don't understand how much suffering is on this earth. To me, in the descriptions of hell, this is it. Yeah. To repeat this thing over and over, this is hell. I don't know why anybody needs evidence, but it's because it's all you know. It's good. It's kind of like I said, being birthed into a prison. If you were birthed into a prison, if you were literally a baby born in prison, you wouldn't know anything different. This is it. And the the amazing thing is, is that you see that actually happen when kids grow up and their families were, uh, you know, they're poor. They never knew they were poor because it's all they knew. They never went outside. They didn't. They couldn't afford a TV. They never saw rich people. They lived out in the middle of the bayou somewhere. They were always poor. Everybody was just as poor as them, and they were happy because it's all they knew. That's what happens to us here. We're born into this prison. We're, you know, we're for the most part we're happy, and, and we're sold that if you have money, you're going to be happy. I can promise you right now. I could, I, I could testify that um, that doesn't happen. In fact, it gets worse. I don't know anybody. In fact, the richer you are, the more miserable you are. Every single person I know with money is miserable. They'll they'll sit and lie to you to your face, but then you behind the scenes, they're dying inside. So there isn't anything that is good um, in this world except you and what you do for someone else. That becomes the evidence of the Father in us. Is what you do for someone else, that's the little slice of heaven. Right, that's where you get the evidence that there that there can be a place like that because that's what you do, and that's also a, a, the same reason why we have a difficult time believing that there are that there are the levels of evil that are in this world because we again, like I said earlier, you can only imagine what you have um, in yourself. 
right? You can only imagine, you know, people project things onto you all the time where they'll make a statement about you, but it's really what they know of themselves and they just project it onto you. Well, we can't, we do the same thing with how, how we are inside. If we could never drink the blood of, of, of a sacrificed child, we can't even begin to fathom that someone else could. Even when we hear the stories, we just go, I can't imagine somebody could do that, much less somebody that's running this country. But clearly, these things take place. It's because they're not you. They are not me. They are not. They are of a, of a different people. So when all said and done, you're going to start to realize that these people that are also in this, uh, this suit, there is a reason why there is a separation of sheep and the goats as well. Goats are, if you ever had a goat or you had sheep, sheep are very sweet and very gentle. Goats are mean bullies. They eat everything and they terrorize everything around them. It's, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's a beautiful, uh, in fact, I was just having this conversation with someone yesterday about this. Goats are not a very, they're not a very nice animal. Oh, man. Um, All right. So well, as far as dw- dwelling with the father, that was the part that you didn't answer. And oh, I, I'm sorry. That's okay. Dwelling with the Father. So when, when your consciousness is complete, so once we are, uh, for instance, for me right now, um, I'm, I'm always, uh, I would say if I'm separated, if I, if I don't have any distractions around me, no helicopters flying over, no airplanes, no dogs barking, if I can be by myself, I can, I can be with the Father anytime I want. And... Um, and, uh, and I can, but I have to be broken off. Like literally it becomes a distraction, anything that's going on. And that's why even doing videos and things, I have to, I have to separate myself. And that's articulated when, you know, when Yeshua was, was walking around and teaching the very first thing that he would do once he, you know, he had a few days of teaching and going through a bunch of things, he would, he would split. He'd break off from everybody, from the apostles, from everybody, and he'd go up to the mountain and be with the Father. Uh, I fully grasp that. I, I fully understand that. And, and you'll you'll have to do the same thing as well. That's where I try to tell everyone, you know, that they'll spend their time writing me questions on Facebook. And I'm like, even the questions asking me is a distraction. Go be by yourself. Vanish for a week. Shut the door. Meditate for a week. That, that's what learning to be separated is, and that's what being with the Father. So once this veil is completely broken, you'll be dwelling with him. The Father is spirit. So in order for you to dwell with him, it has to be in spirit. And then once that takes place, from a collective standpoint, your brothers and sisters, that once, and I know this requires a tremendous amount of imagination before you get there, once you feel it, once you actually witness it, it's palpable. Like right now, as I, as I do these videos, the night before, I'm sitting there praying. I'll be praying about things. And then the next day, I make a video on the things that I prayed of. The Father gave me a word. And everyone else is, that's commenting is commenting on the exact same things that I was praying about and the exact same things that the Father was giving me. That's not a coincidence. right? So expect a much, much, much higher degree of that, that he will be, literally, you won't have to ask somebody how they're doing. You'll just know they're good because you're good. You're collectively one body and everybody's just living and loving and being and, and, and essentially building this, um, building the heaven that they want for that period of time that we get to 
we get to live on this place. Um, we get to finally experience this flesh in beauty and not in misery before we get out of here. And that's really the reward. So you can actually see what it's supposed to be like, because then maybe, uh, um, maybe you're the one that helps the next set. And so to experience, you know what this flesh and you know what living in, in this flesh in a perfect world is. And you know what living in this flesh in a world completely filled with evil. So then you can guide those that come after you. So maybe the ones that don't make it past this, that are doomed to repeat this, that you get to come back and be their coach. You get to be their angel. You get to be one, the one communicating with them why, with writing on the walls and, and through sending them bird messengers. I'm just saying these are – this is just speculation, but um, – and I'm not founding that in, but I can absolutely imagine based on the things in Scripture and the ways that it speaks of that that would be something that could take place because Father is spirit. And the one thing is, is that, I, that I know that he doesn't waste any time. He doesn't waste his time with you, and, he doesn't, um, and he's not going to waste your time either. So he's not going to, when somebody says, oh, well, you know, this person was of God, and they died. Enoch died, and he was, you know, he's dead now. No, the Father doesn't waste him. He's not wasting him. All of the knowledge, all of the things, he didn't take God, he didn't take Enoch and Elijah for no reason whatsoever, right? So they're, they're fully active. Enoch is referred to as the Ancient of Days. He's the Ancient of Days. He's literally... Um, what I would call the son of man, the original son of man, Adam being brought into him. He was the original Adam, and you can find him all through these people, which essentially comes down to being one archangel. All of these people being at different times could very well be the same archangel throughout all of them, named Michael, God of man. All right. Well, I will... (laughs) Cut off there so other people can ask their questions. <laughs> okay, yeah, but they were, were great questions, and I hope you know not to not to have you uh, uh, you know occupy the whole time. But they were great questions, and and I wanted to answer them because I get those exact questions that you've that you asked hundreds of times throughout Facebook and emails and everything. So it just uh, it worked out well. I thank you very much for bringing all of those. Those are wonderful, Natalie. I appreciate you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Okay, I'll talk to you okay. soon. So I'm going to go to uh, Sarah Lee in Oregon. Are you Hi. there? Are you with us? Yes. Yes, I am. Hi. Hi. Oh, um, very good. Yeah, I have a question about um, when you were talking about, you know, being alone, being with a father, um, being in herself. Um, and I find that out in nature when I'm out walking and things. I'm very much feel in tune with that, um, just being in the oneness of all. Um, so with all the things that are going on in the world with the matter stuff that's happening um, and the talking about the evil that's going on and the, um, the Satan and all this stuff, it's I still come back to um, being, being with Christ or being one in Christ or being with the Father. It's like, my um, Christian practitioner, science practitioner of years ago, that said it's about being in a quality of being. It's not about the matter; it's the quality of being. So, if the Christ is it the Christ consciousness, that's the quality of being that we're trying to focus on in the spirit. It's um, it's what we're expressing, right? 
if, if that's kind of what I'm trying to understand. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, you're yes, you're under you're understanding that correctly. It is a quality of your being. Your being is um is not what you've been told it is. In other words, you've been reduced in every way, shape, and form to believe that you're worthless. Um, everything, everything you've ever known in this world has um, has been denigrated. To if you if you don't have wealth, if you haven't done this, then you're worthless. All of these things. Um, everything has been uh, in, intentionally done to reduce who you know who you are. That the quality of being, once you die to all of that, you have to die to the things. This is why the, the deprogramming is so critical, that you have to forget every time anybody's ever called you stupid. You have to forget all of these things. You have to remove the, that part of your consciousness. It's like rewriting the hard drive, rewriting it with ones and zeros and starting from scratch again. And it's a difficult uh, difficult proposition, but yes, it is the quality of who you are, knowing who you are. Once you die to all of those things, the, the who you are becomes revealed, and then you begin to understand that just how powerful you are. Because once you have separated yourself from the world, then you'll think something, and it'll happen, and you realize that you made that happen. Once you understand that your consciousness controls a lot more. Now all of a sudden you can um, you can have a life where um, and that doesn't get wasted. You will never go okay. Well, I can control things with what I do, and you're going to use that for evil because that won't happen. You you cannot do anything good with uh, or anything bad with that. You can only do what is good with that, um, unless you've completely sold yourself to the enemy. And that is articulated in uh, uh, in the video that I have uh, talking about love, where uh, Maya Angelou was um, was talking about that she can do anything, anything good she can do. And so, if you set out to do artwork, all of a sudden that that state of consciousness, whatever you're doing for that purpose, you can do amazing, and you will, and you'll recognize that the creator in you is creating what is taking place around you. You will. You will spawn love. You will spawn people that love you. You will make things happen around you. But it still requires you. It doesn't mean that, oh, I'm going to make myself be rich. But that instantly begins to pollute who the character because that is not who the spirit is within you. It, they, those two things do not go together. So that you'll see that mm -hmm. take place right away where you end up – and that's the danger where you know even Yeshua was speaking about this when he said, you know, you, you remove those spirits – and you clean up, you know, you clean up the house, so to speak, and the spirit goes away and he searches and he finds waterless places to rest. And so he returns back to where he came from, back to you, and he finds that the house is all neatly swept. And so he brings in six more of his demonic spirits to inhabit you. So that's the danger in being in the spirit and then allowing it to be corrupt. So just as a, as a warning, right, just to encourage to say, yes, you're correct. It is about waking up that spirit in you, but also maintaining the, the purity of it. So it's focusing on the quality of being, of the goodness and the love in the, in the expression of who we are versus what we're trying to accomplish. At, I mean, people used to say, what do you do? And it's just like, I breathe in and out is what I do. So what does it matter what I do? I'm, I'm here on this earth and I'm a, I'm a, a living organism and I do whatever's in front of me in the moment. So are you gonna are you gonna judge me on what I do if I tell you that I'm a teller at a bank or 
you know, you know that whole kind of concept of you know everybody's yeah. going around. You know, you you have to be somebody and you have to prove your material worth in the world by having a title of something. You know, exactly. That's why monk goes to the top of the mountain, right? He gets away mm-hmm. from people because they're polluted, and so they're going to judge. And that's precisely where anonymous came from in the first place, right? That that the mask isn't for um, isn't for the person that's wearing it to hide behind. The mask is to prevent those that judge from judging who they are before hearing their words. Mm-hmm. So, and the and the message of Christ is exactly the same way that you speak these things, and that somebody says, "Will ask you these questions." Well, what do you do? How much money do you have? It's irrelevant to you, so you don't even acknowledge it. And it's precisely why why he was very specific about even having conversations with people. He's he, going to their house. If they hear your words, then let your peace come unto them. If they don't hear your words, let your peace return to you. Shake off your boots and leave. Right? Mm-hmm. So don't, don't allow anybody to impact you and don't be a part of the world. That's why it is difficult to, to the separation. That's why I explained that it can be um, at first until you learn to, to have your best friend being the father, right? When, until you learn that he's your best friend and that you you can communicate and you are literally living within him and he's within you, it's a very lonely place because mm-hmm. you want to commune with those people. But you'll find all of a sudden that you're so happy and you're so peaceful and you're just by yourself and you're reading and you can take a walk and just enjoy the birds, you can enjoy the scenery, and then all of a sudden you run into somebody, you have a conversation, and they've judged you and say, oh, well, look, you, know, you look like you put on a little weight, and all of a sudden all of these things start happening – and you just you just immediately it's like uh it's like a wire brush on your arm you just like get off me get off my cloud this is my cloud mm-hmm. right and and so you begin to protect that and that's why where you know i i say that people will project things onto you they literally they don't even know that they're cursing you and that's why mm. you've blocked your ears and that's precisely why yeshua said uh hold fast to what you have He's not the the words hold fast is fasting is not eating. Right? So don't eat of these evil things of the world. Don't even communicate with those people if they're going to corrupt you. If there is nothing good that can come of having that conversation with them, don't do it. Don't have the conversation. If they are corrupt and, and you know that they're just going to bash you, don't think, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm gonna save them. Have your word with them. If they don't accept it, then leave. And this is the problem with the separation of the world because people say, oh, I want to be in Christ and, and I'm going to have this. But then the family says, hey, are you coming over for Christmas dinner? They go, you know what? I really don't want to come. And then they get mad at you and force you into that. That's where the separation comes. That's precisely why Yeshua said, you know, do not think that I came to bring peace to the world. I came to bring division. He wasn't saying that he wanted you to be divided. He was saying that this is the natural, this is the natural course of of having Christ in you. You're going to be mm-hmm. separated. If you really want this, you're going to separate yourself from them. And they, they can say, oh, you're being selfish. Well, no, I'm not being selfish because I don't want to jump into your, your pool of, of, of fire. Sorry, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to be a part but, of that. I won't even pay attention. Somebody wants to argue or do something, I go, there's no argument here. Goodbye. Aren't we? But if we focus on others, and it's not so much when we walk into something and, and think it's going to be about me, but if we look at the other and, and acknowledge the quality of their expression of their being and, and try and draw the conversation out of the matter into the expression of their exactly. being, doesn't doesn't that shift 
the consciousness at that point. I mean, it's not that we're it, trying to change somebody, but we're trying to um, move that consciousness at a, at a different level than just the material. I don't even know how to say it. No, um, no. You and, can just and, be in that presence. No, go ahead. You know, no question you, about you, it. And, that's what I'm wondering. It's just like we're fighting this evil in the world, but it's not about fighting it. It's about bringing the presence into it and focusing on the other and showing them that they have a different presence, you know, and that we can play in this presence and bring beauty and love. And, you know, you know, like it says, you know, two or more gathered in his name, there he is. Isn't that Christ? Yes. If you can, if at, you got to make sure that it doesn't cost you. And that was his statement about um, if they hear your words, then let your peace come unto them. But if they don't, then let your peace return to you. So yes, you want to mm-hmm. you want to go out and share that, but you don't you don't jump into um, don't jump into the pit where you're no longer going to be useful to them because they're you're going to allow them to corrupt you. So the whole point is, okay. is if they, if you can draw it from them, certainly those that will have ears will hear. Right, but that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you're going to sit there and let them insult you and, and tear you down. Don't do that. Come back another time when they might be open. Right, go away. Don't let it. If, mm-hmm. if you're if you're not in the spirit, then you're going to be no good to them. Mm-hmm. At least, at least if you're in the spirit and you can walk away from them, well, at least you can now pray for them. And right. and then that shows that you didn't. Um, Excuse me, I had a cough. Um, that you didn't get upset, right? Mm-hmm. So how you react changes them too, right? Mm-hmm. So not to be upset with them and say, you know, you're you're pissing me off. I'm going to leave. But to literally <laughs> show them, just go, I love you so much. I don't want to argue with you. So can we let's let's talk another time, okay? Right? And just to to put it off in that way, to literally. To, to do everything you can for if somebody you know you're you're making me angry you're offending me beg for their forgiveness show the humility because you're not losing anything you're gaining by by breaking them down in that way that their hate no longer their anger no longer impacts you and that's startling mm-hmm. and when that takes place they begin to go I want that because that's power right. humility is right. power it is amazing and this right. is the, the The one thing that I always try to express to everybody is don't allow anybody to change you because when you do, you've made them your God. You've made them Mm -hmm. king. When somebody upsets you, somebody says something to you, and and it upsets you, you allowed them to alter you. They have become your God, your king. You allowed them that position. And now the frustration Mm -hmm. that you kind of feel like you have to fight to get it back. You don't right. ever allow it's, that. You've... Don't ever allow anybody to change you. That's what holding mm-hmm. fast to what you have is. It's like, man, once you have this, hang on to it for dear life, right? And right. and let it strengthen you that when somebody does come against you, just back down. That's the whole. That's the the whole parable of you know if somebody slaps you, turn them, give them the other cheek, because that giving them the other cheek is what will convert them. Just the fact that yeah. you go, I'm sorry I hurt you. If you if it makes you feel better, I'll be your bridge over that troubled water. If the, if slapping me really helped you, then I'll give you my other cheek too. 
that mm-hmm. is a startling thing to, to take place in somebody because they, they – and I've literally done that before. So I've mm-hmm. watched that alter somebody right before my very eyes that they – because they can't even fathom that kind of strength because their strength comes from a different place of anger. And ultimately, love conquers all in such a dramatic fashion that it's startling when it takes place. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it was great talking that. with you. Yes. Yeah, how's the weather in Oregon, by the way? Um, it's trying to shift into spring, but um, it's it's working on it. <laughs> it's working on it. I love it up there. It's beautiful. I lived up in Seattle for many years. I, I miss yeah. I miss the 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 fresh air and the green. Mhm. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks um, so much for calling. All right. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. So I'm going to go to uh, some of the questions here in the chat because there are quite a few. I wanted to um, try to. Uh, somebody had asked about the synagogue of Satan. Uh, the synagogue of Satan is. Um, According to scripture, the synagogue of Satan it would be essentially uh, the largest arm of, of Satan. So you could call that where obviously it's referring to a synagogue so of, of Judaism. Now, Christianity supports the Jews according to the – again, remember that, I, that I, I'm always going to tell you that whatever the Father has, the Father has his chosen people. Well, the enemy also has his chosen people. And so the, uh, the Jews of our world today owning essentially the systems, owning the banks, owning everything, the, uh, that establishment is the center of Luciferianism. And the power broker of that would essentially be the Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church. So that would – for all intents and purposes, but again, never to focus on something as a singular thing. The synagogue of Satan could be uh, could be the Roman Catholic Church. The synagogue of Satan could also be referred to as the Federal Reserve because it's a church. So it's never a singular thing, just like everybody wants to say, oh, the Antichrist is going to be a single person. No, it's always going to be multiples of something. They might, from a manufacturing it as an illusion standpoint, give you the single person because that's what they've built up in your minds so you can expect that kind of thing. But that person will then represent and have the whole church, all of Christianity that is established right now that has been honoring Luciferian doctrinism, uh, doctrines that the entire time, they, they, they're they the ones that are duped. They're the ones that have been deceived so greatly that they'll follow after that Antichrist, thinking that he's the real Jesus. So there will be the one, but there is many, and that's precisely why Scripture refers to those things, trying to teach you that there is one but many in everything. And in the same fashion that there are many popes, but there's only one pope, that there are many presidents, but there's only one president. So keep in mind that um, don't try to put your finger on a single location, that everything within Scripture is spiritual, and that spiritual component weaves its way into everything of our um, – every fabric of society because our consciousness then manifests that. And it's precisely why Yeshua, when he said – when he was pointing to the temple, said, do you see all of this? And he was talking about the grand buildings and the temple and the city. He says, there won't be one stone that is not thrown down. 
what he's talking about is that as this consciousness changes and as this truth is revealed, that the people themselves will tear these false temples down because those false temples were based on the lies and the, and the false consciousness of the people. That once they recognize the truth, those temples won't mean anything, and they'll tear them down themselves. So you first tear down the spiritual, and then the physical happens. Everything in our physical world is manifest from the spiritual, just like that your spirit animates your body and determines your health just like your spirit does that well the same thing takes place in our conditions of the world everybody is so focused on what's taking place right now with within government so you've got this massive consciousness shift where they're manufacturing they're making this happen this is precisely why yeshua said you know you're going to hear these wars and rumors of wars but let your heart not be troubled if you're in the spirit you're over here you're separated as a consciousness from all of them don't worry about them that's going to have to come to pass it has to that's just how it's going to function so um so there was uh, somebody that was sharing i'm not quite sure let me uh, i'm going to bring uh, my sister on here so she can give me a uh well, actually, I'm just going to jump to the next caller. Michael, Michael, you're on. Michael, this is Derek. Yes, good evening, sir. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Great. So you had a question? Yes, sir. I just wanted to share briefly that I was uh, I was uh, pretty much a God-hating atheist for most of my life, and the Lord appeared to me a couple of years ago, and he showed me that he's real, and I just wanted to encourage all the Christians out there to know that, you know, the Lord is real, and he's everything that the Bible says is true, and even the hard, most hardened sinners out there are still being transformed by the Holy Spirit. They are right before our very eyes. We're we're watching them. We've got people that are picking up Bibles that have never picked up a Bible. We have people that have been Christians for 20 years. I get emails. I get hundreds of emails. And they've been Christians for 20 years, 25 years. They've maybe opened their Bible a couple times while listening to a sermon, but they've never actually really dug into it and studied it. They never even really knew who Christ was. They just kind of relied on the fact that he's these things, not understanding that they need to know. They need to know Christ inside of them at a level that uh, that they've just not understood. So absolutely. So you were uh, Michael. You were an atheist, or yes, sir. For most of your life now, was your family atheist? Uh, well, my mother was a, was a Christian, but my, my dad was, I guess, he, I mean, he was Catholic, but he didn't, I mean, he didn't take it seriously. He didn't care at all. So you kind of grew up in a place where it wasn't, you could, you could choose. They weren't forcing any belief system. Yes, sir. Yeah, once I got basically my teenage years, then I mean. Well, I lost you there for minute, Michael. No, I just said once I got to my teenage years, my parents let me choose whatever I want. Very good. Now, was there something specific that woke you up that that brought you to the to the to the conclusion that uh, that you started to investigate, or did you start to read? Was there something specific that happened? Yeah, exactly. Um, I was actually in my living room. This is back in August of '09, and I was 22 at the time. And I was by, home by myself, and I was just sitting on my sofa just contemplating how to deal with a certain situation I had going on at the time. And this thought came into my mind, and it reminded me of the story of Solomon when he was young, and he had asked God to give him wisdom. And this thought would, kept, wouldn't leave. It kept nagging me. It 
kept telling me, you know, why don't you try that? And again, you know, I'm the last person on earth that would ever thought to prayer, so I knew this wasn't coming for myself, and it wouldn't leave. Like, it, it kept pressing me. So I eventually, I got down on my knees in my living room, and I just said, like, a half-hearted sort of joking prayer, asking God to give me wisdom. And as soon as I said that, I heard a voice speak, and this time it was an audible voice. And it just said one word. It said, wicked. And when it said wicked, it was like the word itself was like shot at me. And it's like it pierced my mind and my conscience. And I, I remember getting up, I, I, like I sat back on my sofa and I'm just looking around and shocked trying to figure out where this voice came from. And all of a sudden, I see like this screen, like a, like a TV screen appear in front of me. And I'm literally watching my whole life from the day I was born up to that very moment. And I see highlighted every time, like the first time I lied to my parents, every time I had ever stolen or you know, made fun of somebody or put somebody down or every time that I would, I did something selfish and took advantage of someone or every time, you know, like all the evil things that I've ever done, I got to see it like I was watching a movie. And um, this is just a mm-hmm. way to guilt just hit me like a ton of bricks. And then this time I got down to pray again because I thought if God is real, then obviously I've done a lot of evil and I deserve to go to hell. So this time I prayed again, sincerely asking God, if you're real, please forgive me. And when I did that, my living room disappeared, and I was in this all-white space. And above me was, like, this blue sky, and there's this cloud, and this cloud's coming down. It's about 50 yards above me, and there's this being standing on the cloud looking down at me. And at that time, I had never read the New Testament ever. But the description of the person I saw was exactly how it was described in Matthew chapter 17, um, right at the beginning, at the Mount of Transfiguration, when the Lord transformed in front of the apostles. And he had those white garments, and his face was shining like the sun. That's that's who I saw standing at the cloud, looking down at me. And um, you know, I didn't know who it was at the time. And when, before I could even verbalize the question to ask, "Who is this?" He responded directly to my mind and told me that I'm Jesus Christ. And uh, that's when I was terrified. I thought he was about to kill me and send me to hell. I, I was I was overcome with fear because he was. You could tell how powerful he was, and I could sense how good and holy he was, and how evil I was. And I literally wanted to hide under something because I, I thought I literally felt like he was he was gonna crush me and just kill me. And as I was bracing for him to like do something to me, instead uh, love just flowed from him, like tangible mm-hmm. love flowed from him in waves. And it just um, it just filled me and it surrounded me and it just it was like being in an ocean of just love and joy and peace, and forgiveness and everything it was incredible and. Uh, after that, I was a new person, stopped cussing, stopped doing all the evil things I was doing, and all I wanted to do was read my Bible and pray and worship the Lord nonstop, all day, every day, for like two weeks straight, and uh, I've been a Christian ever since, so. You know, Michael, you, you mentioned something that um, that I want to, that I, I think is beautiful. First of all, it, wonderful story, the that what you got, that you said, you said that he said, oh, you're Jesus Christ, right? So this would be... Um, articulated to you in such a way that you're him. This is the thing there. Um, this is the therein lies the problem of Christianity today, where they tell you that you can't be him, but yet, but yet Yeshua was telling you you had to be him, right? That this is this isn't for one person. This is for all. That's why it's a body. And so that is a um, that is a, that's the wake up. Up right there. That's the true wake up. That's the true calling, the one that startles you. Now, most people, um, the enemy will take that and turn that person into a person that says, you know, I am he, and all of a sudden they exalt themselves. That's why he who exalts himself will be humbled. 
uh, that you that if you begin at that point to process that you don't speak it. That's why not even you know not even Yeshua was saying, "Hey, walking around and telling people." Hey, guess what? I'm the, you know, I'm this person. They were saying it. They would say, you know, you say that you're the son of God, and he would say, you say I am, right? So you're saying it, not me, right? He or somebody would say something. I would know we're waiting, for, you know, waiting for the Christ, and he would say, well, you're speaking to him, but he would never actually claim this as himself. So you know it inside, and that's why he has a name written that no one knows but himself, right? So these things are written inside of you. You know it. It's not that you've got to go out and profess it. You know, you know who's alive in you. Paul, being one of the people that said, I am crucified in Christ, and in many cases he actually calls himself Christ and claims that people you know, claimed him as Christ. So he had a lot of truths. As I said, I've got some issues with Paul, and I'm going to be doing a video about that. But, but your statement about how all you wanted to do was not cuss, and you would change – you changed the way you lived – it to you was it difficult for you at that time those changes or did it just happen naturally? No, it literally happened overnight. I went from somebody who used to cuss every other word. I used to want to go out and party, smoke weed, get drunk, you know, do the typical stuff a lot of young guys do, and chase women and all that. And I had no desire for that at all. Only desire I had was this like deep hunger to just want to read the Bible. Like I had to get my hand on the Bible and start reading it. And. Um, mm-hmm. And it was crazy because I, I literally, like, I fasted for, like, like almost a week or so. I felt like something. I, I had no desire even to want to eat. Like, all I wanted to do literally was just get alone somewhere, get a Bible, start reading it, pray to the Lord, worship him, and put on some worship music and just worship him and just be in his presence all the time. And it was because I, I could feel him like he'd be there. And I could sense how he'd be teaching me things every day, something new. And, or I'd go to different circumstances, and he would be teaching me all the time. What was even more crazy is once I, once I, I was going to college in downtown where I am, and I live about five miles away, and instead of taking the bus home like I used to, I just felt the Holy Spirit just pushing me hard to just walk home and to talk to people about the Lord. And it would be weird because I'd walk down the street, and let's say there'd be somebody across the street, and I could literally feel like a, like a physical tug on me to go and talk to that person. Or, I, or I'd see someone and I'd have like 20 bucks in my pocket and I could hear the Holy Spirit tell me to go give the $20 to that person right there or to go over to that person and tell them Jesus loves them more. And I would even see crazy mm-hmm. stuff like I'd walk up to people and I would see the diff- like the pain that they had and the stuff they were going through or like the stuff that's happened to them. And I would see the weight that they're carrying and like, like the actual, like it was almost like I could see what they were really going through inside versus what they were putting up at the front. And it was heartbreaking, man, because I had no idea so many people were going through so many things. Like, the number of people that have been sexually abused, that would really blew me. I had no idea that many people have been abused. Like, so many people I would run into, I could see that that was a deep scar that happened to them. And Countless, yes. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. And it's so many yeah. people are hurt and broken in our society, and they just, everyone does such a good job of putting on a front and kind of, you know, like, they just hide the pain and it's sad, man, and it's really, if they only knew that how much the Lord loves them and how much he wants to heal them and be in that relationship with them where he takes that pain away and gives them true love and joy and peace, if they only knew, I mean, if I knew, I would I would have been a Christian a long time ago. I mean, <laughs> I just think the church has done a terrible job of really representing who the Lord is. And it's, it's, it's really, oh, they've, they've absolutely, well, that's, they've, um, they've become, they've become the Judas so they've sold out. They've sold out Christ for thirty pieces of silver, 
they're, they're far more concerned about telling you what you want to hear rather than telling you what you need to hear. And they, and they are preaching what they've been taught. They've become the, – the church itself has become the Antichrist because they'll – the very first thing they'll do, you walk into that church and you say, you know, I, I've got Christ. I'm alive in Christ. I even called a pastor and said – a pastor friend of mine, and I said, you know, hey, the, the scripture where it says I'm crucified in Christ, I said literally I'm living as Christ. I literally – this is all I know, everything that – and he went and he said to me, he goes, man, that is so out there. And I said, I just quoted you scripture about being crucified in Christ that you say you believe, and that's out there to you? right? And it became – it was so unbelievable, that, that realization to me that he, does, he doesn't even understand that the scriptures was – that was obviously the father putting that right in front of my face that a pastor that I respected – didn't even understand the scriptures, but yet he's out there preaching, preaching supposedly the gospel. He doesn't have a gospel to preach because if he's not telling you that you need to be Christ, that that's what you need to have, then there's a real problem. He's going to convince you to go up there and, and say this little, you know, this magic statement that literally is magic. That's the that's demonic aspects of this. You got people throwing themselves on the floor, pretending like they're speaking in tongues. Oh, I'm sure they're speaking in some form of tongues, but it's not a tongue of the angels. If you've seen any of these right. things, it's this is not who the Father is. You immediately know your spirit is so rubbed, so wrong. It's just yeah. like somebody pouring acid on your body. You're like, oh my gosh, that is so not who the Father is. But yet, this is what Christianity has become. But the thing that you said, you know, and just what it is where they say, you know, no, we don't have to abide by the law. That's, you know, I'm saved by faith. See, the reality is, is this is where I always say the lie, the, the intersection where the lie and the truth come together is that through faith, yes, you're saved, but see, faith isn't something that you conjure up and that you speak into, into existence. You don't get to speak and say, I have faith, and all of a sudden you do. Faith comes as a result of knowing. Once you know him, and he's shown himself to you, and he's shown you the evidence, you now have faith. And then, all of a sudden, because you have this faith, and he's shown you your sin so so uh, so articulately, just like you said, you knew your unworthy stature. At the beginning of this radio show, I had the uh, the intro, which is something that I wrote when I was in prison, which articulates the calling of the Son of Man. When you're called, you recognize your unworthy stature so much so. And then all of a sudden, when you've come to the Father and you've crawled to him, you have no other option. But to, to but to honor him, the last thing you want to do is offend him. You're going to honor his law. The difference is in this world, they've set a whole bunch of laws that they say are his law. They say, they, you know, Paul's convinced you that you need to honor the laws of the land. That the laws of the land are God's laws too. That's nonsense. There isn't anything scriptural about that except for Romans, which is written by a Roman. A, a, a Roman citizen lying that he was a Pharisee. I mean, this guy was literally working on behalf of the Romans. So he, he's got scriptural truths, but he's also at the same time deceiving you, probably who was referred to as the original Antichrist. So we well, cannot... Well, what about the Lord, uh, though? I mean, the Lord, remember when, for example, when him and Peter came to the place of customs and they were questioning him about paying for it. Remember he told Peter to go to the lake and there would be a fish with money in it and bring that and pay for us. And then secondly, remember when the encounter with the Pharisees with the issue of paying taxes to Caesar? Yeah. So well, it's sort of like, you, you know, 
Yeah. Well, I'll explain to you what those. I'll explain to you those what what those are. Those are two different sets of currencies. So our currency system right now is a fiat currency, right? So it's a it's a it's a lie. Essentially, the money itself is a lie. So they were coming to him saying, "Pay taxes to Caesar," and so he didn't say, "Yes, you pay taxes." He said, "Give me the coin for the tax." And so they handed him a denarius, which was a uh, which was a the fiat currency of that time. In fact, I have a little box right now. I've got a. Uh, 46 BC uh, denarius, and I have a, uh, a denarius from the time of Christ, the actual coins. And he said, whose image is on it? And they said, Caesar's. And he said, then render unto Caesar's what is Caesar's. In other words, give that back. Because then his apostles asked him, they said, hey, do we pay alms when we go to the temple? Of course he wants to pay alms when they go to the temple if they're truly honoring God. And he said, go cast your line in, catch a fish, and he'll, in his mouth, you will find a shekel. See, because a shekel at the time was real value. It wasn't a fiat currency. It wasn't lie. It's real silver. So he was saying you could pay real value, but you're not going to participate in that lie because that lie system is a debt system just like our dollar is today. And that's why all of Revelations is discussing the, the collapse of a fiat currency when you talk about all of the, the merchants weeping off at sea and that no one buys their gold and silver anymore because you can't buy gold and silver because the fiat currency itself – that you could buy real value with is now gone. Everything is about economic situations. The entire New Testament and the Gospels are describing to you the economic and the social economic systems of that time so you can understand that we're in that exact same time today. You just have to, to understand how he was articulating that, and that's why he was doing that with that coin. He wasn't telling you to go and honor that thing. He was telling you to give it back. Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not saying to honor the money. I'm just saying if you live in, in this, let's say you live in the United States of America, you have a job, you need to provide for yourself and your family, and the means of exchange is the U.S. dollar. So that's all it is. Just at that time, that was their form of exchange or currency. The same rule apply today because the idea is that you want to live above reproach so that the unbelievers have nothing they can say about you or you know, basically accuse you of. And so that's sort of like the sort of thing. If, if you have integrity with how you deal with money, then how can you then go out and be a witness for Christ? It's sort of like sort of the principle I see throughout the Bible. Yes. Yeah, I would I would read um I would read read that as because he was basically Yeshua is telling you to separate yourself from them, from these laws of this land, because uh, the laws of the land have become mechanisms to enslave you and prevent you from from having spirituality. But yeah, no, I, I I I love your story, Michael. I just um, it's wonderful to hear how you how you found the Father, and that's that's the genuine wake up call that you receive, and I can hear it in um, in the whole process of of how that went down. I appreciate you calling. I'm going to try to jump. I've only got uh, 14 minutes last time to get to somebody else's uh, question, but I appreciate you calling. I really do. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, Sean. So I'm going to Shakira. Shakira, you have a prayer request. Hello, Shakira. Are you are you with us? Hello, hello, Shakira. All right, I'll put you on hold. Hopefully, you can come back. I uh, doesn't seem to have kicked you off, and I'll try to get to some questions. I'll come back and um, see. So, uh, wanted to. I was I've got to scan through here the chat box because there was a question that I wanted to read and answer. Um, Synagogue of Satan. Uh, somebody was referring to, uh, yes, the Federal Reserve being the synagogue of Satan. You could say that uh, it is the synagogue of Satan because it is a the, – the dollar has become the tool, 
and like I said, where we're at right now is a very terrifying time because the United States dollar is the backing currency for every currency on earth, and there is no value in the U.S. dollar. Again, it's a perceived value, so it literally is a church. The Federal Reserve uh, abides by all of the admiralty law aspects of what is a church. So let me just uh, help you understand that um, – and you can begin to go out and look at this, um, folks, that – if you look at the flags that we have for this country, look at um, any flag for any country. Look at the flag that the White House has behind the president. Look at the fa flag that the courthouses have when you're in court, and look at the American flag that is at prisons. Now, those three areas or federal institutions, particularly that are non-governmental agencies – uh, that are actually privately owned, like the Federal Reserve, privately owned government agency, the Internal Revenue Ser Service, privately owned government agency, the Postal Service is a privately owned government agency. These are these have owners. This country has owners. This government has owners. And there is a different flag showing you this. And I bet you you thought, for many of you, that there is a single flag of the United States of America that is red, white, and blue. But um, I encourage you to just open up your eyes and look at it because it is not red, white, and blue. You don't just indiscriminately throw a color onto a flag. You'll see a very different flag behind them, and it has that gold fringe on it. That's an admiralty law flag. It has nothing to do with you as a citizen of this country. It has to do with the owners of this country and every single country that has the ten horns that are associated with the beast system itself. The ten horns is spoken in Revelations. You'll find in the obelisks that are the exact same size, exact same dimensions across all of the power structure companies, countries, companies, same thing, systems. So the ten horns are those ten powers, and the different size obelisks of some other countries – have a different role. So they would be considered diadems, so a smaller. So you have the large horns, and then you have tiny little diadems. So there is a, a connection with all of them. And you'll see that those countries have a flag that their people honor, that that's their flag. But every single power structure of that country will have the gold fringe on uh, around it. So look it up. It's called Admiralty Law, and you'll understand just how corrupt this country and every country is with regards to the Luciferian system, and they have this right in front of your face. So uh, I'm going to go back, see if uh, Shakira is back on. Shakira. Shakira, Hello. are you there? Hi. I'm glad I didn't hang up. You have a prayer request? Yeah. Um, just a prayer for – I have two children, a son and a daughter, four and five years old. And we've just been going through a lot with their father. He's absent. He doesn't, you know, spend time with them, and he's trying to make things a lot more difficult for me. And I just just ask for prayer. For oh, definitely. Family. Definitely. Well, I'm sure that, you know, there's a lot of folks out there uh, that are listening that will continue to, so you'll probably get a lot more prayer than, uh, than, than you anticipated. But let me just encourage you in this way is that um, sometimes – um, I found it was amazing that, uh, you know, I grew up, I didn't really have the pre My father and I get along wonderful now. I have a wonderful relationship with him, but I didn't have a relationship with him when I was young. I didn't have a father. And, and, um, and that turned out to be a very good thing because I didn't have anyone that I felt that I had to be like. So I got to choose who I wanted to be like. 
And mm-hmm. uh, and since the father really had his hand on me, that I got to go, okay, I love that quality in that person, and I love that quality in that person. So I got to kind of decide on the qualities that wanted that I wanted to make up. And so sometimes there's blessings where we um, where we just don't know that they are, and that's why when we pray, you really just want to pray for the Father's will. If the Father's will is there, and that's how that's how Christ taught us to pray. When he said, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? So but definitely I will I will definitely hold you up in prayer and your children and, and pray that um that your husband finds um finds himself in the Father as well, that, that uh that he would begin to hear the truth, that he would be one of those that is that is waking up to this and understand that he's got some children to uh to take care of and that he can, uh, he can help lead them as well. I just, I, uh, I pray that, that, uh, that you'll find that with him. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks so much for, for calling Shakira. I hope everything, uh, I hope everything goes better, but put it in, put it in the father's hands. He's, he always has the babies. I'll tell you that they're, they're closer to him than we are. They always are. Right. Thank you. Okay, thanks so much, Shakira. So going to, uh, I believe, Talon. Talon, you have a question? Uh, yeah, I was remembering, like, one of your videos, you were talking about how you were in prison for, like, 1,260 days. And I remember yes, in exactly. Revelation, yeah, in Revelation it says, and I will empower my two witnesses, and they will prophesy for a th- or 1,260 days uh, clothed in sackcloth and I was just wondering if you could talk about that. Uh it's uh it's an amazing prophecy. Now I um the the sackcloth to me again, just like everything else, I would say that um I wouldn't look at things always singularly. That um mm-hmm. you know, I've I've been asked a number of times, you know, that uh, am I a, am I one of the two witnesses? And, and I've been asked that a number of times. I wouldn't say I am any of those things. I would say that maybe I am part of the witness because there are multiple aspects of what we, of how you can read that. So first Enoch and Elijah, you could consider these two of being one of the same spirit, being the two witnesses. So in two different flesh bodies, but of the same spirit and they're a witness because from a period of time where neither of them died. Right, so both of them were mm-hmm. taken by the Father. So they could be two witnesses and then reestablished in, in two people of today. But also you have the Old Testament and you have the New Testament. The New Testament testifying against the God of the Old Testament and the Old Testament prophesying about, the, uh, about what's going to take place in Christ in the, in the New Testament. So mm-hmm. both of those are a witness of the condition of the world. So you've got two witnesses there. You also have uh, uh, two witnesses in both male and female, that we witness the brokenness of of each other. So all of the females of the world and all of the males of the world become two witnesses of these components. So very, very large. Now, the 1,260 days can be um, 1,260 years. Um, for every day is 1,000 years. It could be 12,600 years, right? It could be 12,060 years. So because Scripture says every day is 1,000 years and 1,000 years is, is a day. So there are lots of different mm-hmm. translations. Now, I accept... I accept the the understanding that I have is also witnessing, which is, hey, I'm I'm receiving all of these things that the Father is showing me. So there's no question that I'm witnessing against the evils of the world. I'm witnessing against the evils of the manipulation that's taken place with the Luciferian system and and turned Christianity into a Luciferian system. 
Mm-hmm. I'm I'm absolutely a witness to that because I've, I've been a Christian my entire life, and now the, the the idea to even call myself a Christian establishes in someone else's mind what a Christian is, and I'm nothing like that. I am in Christ, I am of Christ, and I am absolutely a witness against that for my own life and what's taken place within the church because I'm a witness to it. Does that mean that I'm that witness? I will never make a claim like that. That that's. The the thing is, it always comes down to belief. If if you said, "Hey, I believe you're I believe you're one of the two witnesses," well, then I would respond like Christ would respond. You say I am, and if it and if it's important for you for that to happen, well, then that's God's will, right? I can be whoever I need to be in God. If God wants me to be there and be that, if that's who I am, well, then fine. Do I do I uh, uh, do I give a prophecy? Do I say what's going to happen? Well, yes, because it's written. It's written. I can tell you what's going to happen. I can look at what's going to take place. I can tell you the things that I've been involved in in the world from a technological standpoint, from a political standpoint, um, from being in prison, all of those things. Yes, the 1,260 days, to me, 1,260 being amazing is that the number of God has been nine, right? So 1,260 adding up the nine if you just add up those numbers. So that was uh, prophetic for me, and, and that I was sentenced to longer than 1,260 days was absolutely amazing. That, that I was told that I was going to go to prison for 1,260 days before anything even happened. So, um, and then once I was in prison, my time got reduced through a law that was a, a state law that changed and let me out exactly 1,260 days. Those, that's the evidence that the Father shows me. And, and for me, it became a confirmation of the witness, but not for me to say, hey, I'm that person, because I understand that that, that again, that's ego, and that's the finite mind of man. I believe that it's much bigger than just one man. I might be a, I might be a portion of it. You're a portion of it, right? So, mm-hmm. for three and a half years, and you also have to understand that that Christ is referred to as the witness, right? So, to me, also one of the witnesses is like you, like me, all of us combined for the next 1260 days from the time I started this ministry that we become the witness. And that's why it's called global witness. So that's also one version of it that I've been shown by the father that the witness is a big body of people because it says right there, the return of Christ, when it says the return of Christ is my faithful witness, his faithful witness is the spirit of Christ in man. So that's a faithful witness. So you mm-hmm. you are also the witness, right? When when you've got people, anybody out there that says I'm one of the two witnesses, you should doubt that instantly because that just shows that they're they're reading the scriptures with the finite mind of man, and God doesn't work in the finite fashion. He just doesn't operate that way. Mm-hmm. Hope that helped. Yeah, it was a pleasure talking to you. Good talking with you as well. Uh, only just a minute left in the show. I just wanted to um, to quickly talk about some of the things with the uh, – so I do a little housekeeping on the website. So the uh, we just put together the uh, the family site, the social site, which you can find at crucifiedinchrist.com forward slash family. And that is the social site. If you haven't already signed up, you can sign up, and uh, I'll, I'll go in and I'll approve and validate the – uh, your systems now. There's going to be some bugs. We've added some features. I'm working with a, uh, a wonderful young man that's that's helping me out on this. I'm building the website, um, and uh, it's got a lot of content that has to be put into it. That, so that's going to take a little bit longer. So if you go to crucifiedinchrist.com, you're only going to get to a blank page, a 404 page, a landing page, because um, I'm building that site. 
So on and from that site, you'll be able to get to all videos. I will add unique content that's just for the site that's not on YouTube, that's not, not on anywhere else. I'm going to have a lot of my own writing. Um, I wrote many, many hundred pages um, while I was in prison uh, during the entire transformation and, and, and the learning. I think it'll be very, very valuable for you to be able to read some of those. I will post those. My cursive is pretty good, so you'll be able to read them. I'm going to post those in PDF because I think that writing is far more personal for you to see it, the actual letters that I wrote. Um, it's uh, There's going to be a lot of content up there. I'm going to also bring in other people into the site that will – it's not just going to be me. So other people that I feel that have been awakened and have a really solid foundation in Christ that – they're going to be speaking, they'll be witnessing, and they'll be somebody that you can call on. So um, if, if there are people out there that you feel that, that should be contributors to that site, for, by all means, send me. If you feel that you could be a contributor to that site, that you have you know, some writing skills that you want to contribute, love to have you on there. I love you all very much. Um, I'll probably post this as a replay up on YouTube, just like I did the other one. So uh, I'll, I will also... Um, post this online. You'll get to see the uh, the next scheduled show. Love you very much. Talk to you soon. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.